Listen, I was I was in the middle. (laughs) I was in the middle of watching uh, Raised by Wolves. Have you seen that? I have not seen that. Give me a little synopsis. What is that? I uh, highly recommend it. It is in a uh, it is a sci-fi series in a somewhat pseudo uh, post-apocalyptic world where um, the initial premise is uh, two androids raising uh, human children on a foreign planet. And can't really say much past that because a lot of things happen <laughs> in the first <laughs> two episodes. Uh, but that that is the initial that is the initial plot, and are, it goes are, from there. And it's really interesting, I think. Are we talking like Netflix? Are we talking Hulu? Are we talking broadcast? HBO television? Max. Okay, okay. So, so that yeah, means they not say easy the, to get to. That means they say bad words also. Yes, they oh. also show naked people. Woo! Watch out for that. Though naked people without nipples, because the androids are naked, but they don't have nipples because they don't reproduce. <laughs> Makes sense. We'd have to. They don't really need. Um, I I have this uh, traumatizing memory of watching Dexter on an airplane on a uh, portable DVD player. I think I was going. Uh-huh. I think I was going to Oregon, and I was like sitting next to my dad. And then on the like, I was in the middle seat. My dad was in uh, by the window, and there was a random person on the aisle. And uh, I was just watching Dexter. My dad's like, "You're gonna watch that on the plane?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why not?" He's like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> Mid episode, there's like a there's like a sex scene, and this uh, this this large man next to me just looks over and then realizes that I'm a child, and he's like, "What are you watching?" that he asked my dad is it okay that he's watching that my dad goes i don't give a fuck so um ever since he'll then, learn soon enough <laughs> ever since then i've been i've been uh really leery about watching uh any hbo showtime or or the like show in a public setting because i don't want more weird men to think that i'm a child watching porn i guess i'm not a child anymore so that um fixes that problem but still i guess mm-hmm. i should but still... instead you're just a creeper they look over you and they, all they could think about that man has an erection on the plane right now. That fucking pervert. Yeah, I shouldn't. I, I guess, you know, that being said, when I flew, when I flew to Europe at the beginning of the year, I was blown away by the amount of people watching once upon a time in Hollywood in the airplane. It like just came out and we were flying mm. Virgin, which might be a weird flex. We were flying Virgin just came out and I swear over half the plane was watching the movie. I, w- I walked up to go to the bathroom and I'm like, it was so weird because everyone was at a slightly different spot in the movie. And you only notice that when you're standing up and then like weirdly peering onto all these people's screens. Yeah, you walk down the aisle to go to the bathroom and you see like that same foot scene like three different times. <laughs> hey man, Margot Robbie, <laughs> Margot Robbie has great feet. Thank you very much. Why? Uh-huh. <laughs> Why don't airplanes have little little privacy screens? Like you know how when you have like a business laptop or something, you get like the little blackouts, you can only see it. From- they don't want people watching porn. Oh, you know what? That's a see, good idea. you feel shamed into watching just TV shows with sex scenes or nudity in it. Some so. people, some people don't. Yeah, that's a good point. What did? How did you spend your time in the air? <sighs> Going back and forth across the world. Welcome back to America. 
Thank you, thank you. It's uh, it's good to be back where, um, some people wear masks. <laughs> a, sig- a significantly larger population wears masks in the place that I live, uh, compared to where I was. So, uh, that that's nice. What did I do on my flight? Um, I slept for like. Five hours, and then I watched. Uh, I watched. Uh, I was catching up on Ozark. I stopped watching that for a while because binging that was a bit too much, man. It, it just felt like things just kept getting worse over and over and over again. It, it, it like I don't think that's a binge-worthy show. So I got back into that, uh, and then yeah, just various little things. I started reading uh, American Gods, and uh, yeah, played a little bit of my Switch. Anything to uh, uh, keep the time passing along, pretty much. That sounds nice. I think I'm... Uh, I heard Hades is coming out on Switch soon. I know that you kind of were having a love affair with that game, right? So I'm thinking that I'm finally going to pick that up once, uh, once yeah. I can play it. That, that is a really good game. I definitely recommend it. Uh, that, that might be one of the rare games that I actually get on my Switch as well as on PC, because typically I only do one or the other. But yeah. It's a, it's a good game. It's pretty fun. I'm worried about how it's going to control without a mouse, though. I guess their whole development team is trying to figure that out, so hopefully someone has the yeah. answer to it. But I, I heard that it was like so clean on PC that I'm a little bit worried, but I want to be able to have it as a game where I can kind of, you know, just go outside or sit somewhere that's not my computer and play because I, I'm really struggling more and more as the days goes on in this work-from-home situation to just not be, not be at my desk. I don't think you have to worry about that because I was just playing Bastion on the Switch. Uh, I was playing that again. And uh, you can literally just take the same controls from Bastion and put it into Hades. I think that would actually still feel pretty clean. So, yeah, that'll be easy. You said you had uh, some stories of while I was uh, while I was away, you had some stuff going on. It, dude, it's been it's been a month. That all feels like an absolute blur at this point. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even begin. Did I tell you? Um, did, did did I tell you about how uh, how my how my uh, bathroom flooded and my sink broke? No, no, didn't hear about that. Your bathroom <laughs> flooded. Oh God, dude. Uh, how how I know that when you rent an apartment or lease something generally you know part of the perks that come with that is that you can contact your landlord and they fix stuff for you right yeah do you feel any shame in doing that um yes if it's something that i feel like i should be able to fix on my own yeah yeah i can see that for sure okay uh, I guess a little bit of backstory. Uh, I I grew up with a with a father who refused to call anyone for help anytime ever, especially when it came to like stuff around the house. Um, uh. And and as such, you know, when I when I was younger, I had to learn a, a lot of stuff like some plumbing, some electrical, just like general how how stuff works. And at the time, I fucking hated it. Um, now I find it pretty useful to be able to know a good chunk of that stuff. And I'm definitely thankful um instead of resentful for it but but man at the time it really sucked um and i think that i took on some of his uh shame in wanting to you know get other people to help me fix stuff even though like i don't 
if, if there's a plumbing issue, I should just have the landlord call the plumber because it'll be easier on my time and cheaper. I don't need to go buy new toilet parts. They'll just bring it. It's free. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I'm really broken. And I, <laughs> that's a general statement. You can just clip that out. For whatever reason, I'm really broken. And I really struggle to just just admit that I need help, I, th I think is, is the broader problem. I actually think we slipped into a little bit of a therapy session right here. This is a good, mm -hmm. this is a good string that I'm pulling on. <laughs> um, I've so, so, so my toilet broken. Now my life is falling apart. <laughs> um, basically. So, uh. A couple of weeks ago, I was uh, I, I was sitting, I was I was playing Dota with the uh, with with the guild. We were in the middle of a game, and I heard some some drip drip drip. And I'm like, what does it sound like? There's dripping water. That can't be good. And I'm like, mm, this game's at like 40 minutes. Surely I can wait another like 10. We can let let me just finish this game real quick. Um, that was a stupid decision. I finished the game. Uh, I was playing. Juggernaut, which feels like he's in a really icky spot right now. Either that or I'm really bad at him. I don't know. It's one or the other. Um, it's not great. Good. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's great for my self-confidence. Mm -hmm. um, I, I go out to see where, where the water is, and just my air conditioning unit is in the ceiling instead of in a closet, and it's above a drop ceiling. And while you were gone, I'm, I'm sure you heard about this, uh, it was fucking hot <laughs> in SoCal. So, and not just hot, absurdly humid. So, uh, my air conditioner drainage pipe flooded over, and excuse me, froze over. So, all the drainage couldn't get drained, and it was just now going, dripping through the ceiling onto the floor, and it was a giant disaster, and I had to choose between running the air conditioning or flooding. So, I... I, I fixed that up. I, I cleaned. I cleaned the. Uh, I cleaned the tiles. I cleaned up the water mess. Um, but then I, I ended up calling the landlord about it because I'm like, ah, oh, this is probably actually a problem that I don't want to deal with, right? So, I found out that the way that my air conditioning works is that it drains from the ceiling unit through a pipe into my bathroom and actually hooks to the same drainage pipe as my as my bathroom sink. Um, which is interesting. I've never seen that before. And when someone came to flush out the pipe and like make sure that everything was actually all cleared so that it wouldn't be clogging up again, they they did something to my bathroom sink that that uh, stopped the flow of water, basically uh, underneath. So it wasn't draining. It's, they stopped the drainage process. Really, it didn't drain properly. And I'm like, oh, I can, I can fix this. So I, I go get like, a, I go get like a little crescent wrench. I, I, I go get some pliers, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, loosen this up a little bit. I'm gonna put this back into place. Bing, bang, boom, got it, done. And uh, my sink was still draining a little bit poorly, and I had some, uh, some, some drain. I actually had, I don't know if you're aware, but there's a, there's Drano for unclogging drains and there's like super professional industrial Drano which is like yeah. where it comes in a big plastic bag you're not you're supposed to put gloves on when you use it if you get it on your skin it says hey you might want to think about like washing it off immediately or calling poison control because it's basically sulfuric acid that just melts anything that it touches um mm -hmm. so i used the super Drano in the sink to, to get rid of, you know, whatever remaining problem was there. Why? 
Because it was clogged. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just put unclog the sink. Why didn't you just use normal Drano? Because a super Drano makes a fun noise. It like, it like, okay. It like, it, it, it eats through all the hair and like it has such like a strong smell that it's really interesting. And like bubbles oh. and fizzes and, um, I don't know, chemistry, I guess. Maybe, maybe I'm like, ooh, I'll have a science experiment in my bathroom. Um, <laughs> anywho, so I pour that down the sink just, just a wee little bit, probably a little bit too much, uh, during the start of a business meeting. I'm on, a, I'm on a Google Hangout in my bedroom right next to my bathroom. And I'm like, I don't need to really talk during this. I'll start to unclog the sink and I'll just wait it out. It'll be fine. Um, and then about five minutes into the meeting, I hear a cracking noise and then a splooshing noise. And I look over in my bathroom and I just start to see puddling. Oh, <laughs> From my no. computer desk. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, that's not great. So I'm like, hey, I just, I just mute myself in the call and I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and deal with this. I go to see what's happened, and the the super Drano has now cracked. It like melted the pipe underneath the sink and broke the gasket. Uh-huh. So not only do I have water draining out, I now have all of this toxic sulfuric whatever the fuck <laughs> acid. Oh my god! Draining under the sink into this like dresser cabinet unit that's there, and I'm like, oh fuck, because underneath the sink is like. Where I keep, you know, some toiletries or some, you know... Baby wipes. Lots of baby wipes. Lots of baby wipes. Uh, my little uh-huh. go bag for my TSA go bag with all my little toiletries. Extra sure. deodorant, you know, extra peroxide, more toothpaste, <laughs> toothbrushes, uh, bars of soap, everything. Uh-huh. And you know what is immediately under my sink drain pipe? The first mm. thing that gets chronically fucked up by this pool of acid, all of my gloves. I was gonna say your gloves. <laughs> all I was like, I was like, what could be underneath there? And I was like, the two things I thought of: first aid kit, and I was like, would be even more ironic is all your plastic gloves. <laughs> so, I I want I I'm not supposed to touch this stuff. It is no, bad no. for your skin. Yeah. It will burn you. And the one thing that I had to protect myself was literally the first thing destroyed by this accident. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like just looking at this and there was like a flight or flight, a fight or flight thing. And I was just a little bit deer in the headlights for like 20 seconds. I'm just watching and I'm like, what in the <laughs> holy fuck am I going to do about this? How can I, and I think a normal person might have immediately gotten on the phone with their landlord or like uh, someone and been like, hey, emergency, call the plumber, whatever. I'm like, no, this is way too embarrassing. I have to, I cannot <laughs> let someone else see this situation for me. So I have to, I have to triage something. I have to triage something. So I run into the kitchen. I get full size trash bags. And just wrap them around my hands. Like I have some kind of giant boxing mitts. And I am now taking everything that is underneath the kitchen sink. Grabbing it. It's dripping acid. Um, I, I went to go put on like clothes that I don't care about. Because I'm like, I'm going to ruin these. I'm throwing them in the shower. Just throwing stuff in the shower. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm getting like... I'm, I'm feeling myself getting acid that's just dripping on my feet. And I'm like, well this is... <laughs> This isn't good. 
And I, dude, I ruined four or five towels cleaning it up. Uh, everything under the sink was destroyed. Uh, I couldn't take a shower because my shower was now filled with toxic bullshit. So I'm just like running through the house, stripping naked. Luckily, my roommate was actually at work, oddly enough, that day. And I'm like running into his shower so that I can try and wash this acid off my body. Uh-huh. And uh, eventually I get it to a place where uh, I, I'm able to be like, okay, this is under control. I can call the plumber now. Call the plumber. Plumber comes out. He's this old, he's this old Russian man. Uh, he has a very funny accent. Uh, I shouldn't say funny. He had a very cool accent. Uh, he's, going, he's going under the sink. He's going to fix stuff. And as soon as he starts to work on the pipes, um, he looks over to me. And he's like, what did you pour down the sink? My hands are on fire. Oh. And I'm like, why are you not wearing gloves? And now I have this old, I have this old man who almost certainly could kill me seven to twelve different ways. Who's looking at me in just anger and disgust <laughs> because this man now has acid on his hands and he doesn't know what to do about it. <laughs> so he immediately gets in my shower, takes like my bar of soap, which I used to wash my entire body with, and is just scrubbing himself, scrubbing himself down. And I'm like, I am very sorry. He's like, yeah, why the fuck did you put Drano in the sink? And I'm like, because there was a clog. <laughs> like, don't do that. Um, so he, he eventually fixed the pipe. I had to go to, uh, to Walmart. It was the first, time, the first time I went to Walmart in um, six months to replace everything that was destroyed under the sink. All my soap, all my deodorant, all my halls, everything. All my toilet paper was ruined. Um, so that, that sucked because it cost money and it was embarrassing and I ruined shit. But then the next day, the next day, like, ah, you know what? Everything's better now. I wake up and my shower like backfired. I don't know how this happens, but basically like coming up from the drain was like bubbling gross dirtiness that looked like dirt or like whatever was stuck in the pipes forever that just and i'm like motherfucker i have to call the plumber again (laughs) (laughs) lo and behold the very next day this person who i never wanted to see again in my entire life was at my front door and um i'm like hey did you bring gloves this time (laughs) and he did I think it was funny. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it at all. Uh, you can't help yourself, can you? Cap, there's, there's, there's a strong <laughs> Russian man. There, there's probably a hit out on me. There's probably uh, someone. Someone's going to come to my house and murder me. <laughs> so what was the problem with your shower? They had to like make it and like the pipes that are connected to it are old and there was like a backup somewhere mm. else down the line and mine yeah, was just yeah. out. Like, I could have yeah. done anything about that. That's whatever. The sink, 100% my fault. 100% my yeah, fault. Yeah, you know the thing that stops me from ever trying to fix those things myself is the fact that I know that uh, if I call my landlord then I am no longer liable for those things. 
if I have somebody else fix it, then I'm no longer liable <laughs> for any problems that may occur, Joey. I mean, I agree with you. Again, I, this is this is a problem with me that I'm dealing with and trying to work through, and I'm trying to learn some lessons here. And hopefully <laughs> shaming myself in front of, like, a thousand people is going to, like, you know, please yeah. make fun of me. Please bully me. Because maybe I can, you know, become a, a normal human. But, man, what a what a clusterfuck. My, I, I mean, to, to be slightly fair, like, it, it is... Uh... I don't want to put judgments on people, but I personally think it's better that you lean more towards that end of the spectrum of trying to fix problems yourself rather than the complete opposite side of the spectrum, you know? But I think it comes there is out definitely of, a middle ground to be held. <laughs> I think a lot of it comes out of being cheap, honestly. It's like, well, uh, I have the tools to do this. I can, it's like, why? Am I <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that can't be cheap because your landlord covers all of this. I know. And again, you're liable for the damages that you can cause. So therefore, it could be very not cheap. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> the acid burned the sink too. Like the actual portion of the sink is like a little bit stained now. So I've been trying uh, to, yeah, I've been yeah, trying yeah, to clean yeah. that before I move out. It's yeah. Yeah, I, I dude, I, I, I just had so many, I had so many mechanical problems. My car battery died on me. Oh really? Jeez. Yeah. You had one hell of a month. And that was, was I, everything's new. My sink pipes, new. Car battery, new. Car oil filter, new. That one I did myself, no problems. Um, mm -hmm. We're, uh, I, I think, I think we're chilling now. I can't foresee anything else going, chronically wrong. Oh. I also broke something else. I wow! I really did break a lot of shit this last month. Um, we have a community hammock, and you might think your first <laughs> you might think your first response is, "Well, I know where this is going," but also, why are you laying on a community hammock in the middle of a pandemic? That seems not sanitary. Uh huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> long story short. Only two people use it. No, the community's pretty small, and no one is like going out right now because a lot of old people live here, so they're just like inside sure. all the time. So I feel relatively safe on it. Relatively, it's still not the smartest thing, but whatever. Sure, sure, sure. I, I was, uh, I was up on the deck. It was two in the morning. I had my 3DS out. I was playing it for the first time in a very long time. Because I decided that I was finally going to play Chrono Trigger. Um, mm. something, something that I've never done before. Something that is one of my roommate's favorite games of all times ever, ever, ever. And I'm like, you know what? I should, I should play this. I should, I should educate myself. And um, this hammock, is, it, w it was a little taut. It wasn't like one of the ones where you sit in and it cocoons you and goes up the side. It was more like a... Or like a, a a bed puffy hammock that that's kind of firm and kind of wide and kind of fabricy. I was laying pretty flat, and uh, I noticed that it started rip by the grommets, and I'm like, oh, that sucks. I'll probably just uh, I'll probably just you know ignore that. I can probably keep it. That's fine. And over the course of the next fifteen minutes, it went from little rip to completely unusable hammock. <laughs> and at this point I'm like what do I do about this situation because this is this is not mine <laughs> this, uh, I have to figure out who the fuck this hammock is 
and try to pay for a new one. So the next day I contacted the landlord who said, oh, that's not like a community hammock. That's someone's specifics hammock who lives in the complex. <laughs> um, here, it's, it's, uh, here's, here's her number. She lives in 201. And then I, you know, I, I go and talk to that person. I text them and they're like, actually, funny enough, not my hammock anymore. My hammock was the old hammock and I was moving out. So the hammock actually now belongs to this person. Uh, they live in 203. <laughs> okay. So now I'm going down the line of people just knocking on doors being like, hey, um, so, you know, I'm fat. I broke the hammock. Can I buy you a new one? I'm pretty embarrassed by this. Um, and then, motherfucker, this, this person was like, oh, yeah, the hammock was like, the hammock was like $200. And I'm like, oh, geez. I'm like, hold on. Hold the fuck on here. Hold on. I'm like looking at hammocks on, on like Amazon and shit. And uh-huh. I'm like, we don't need a new metal base or a new like apparatus to prop the hammock up. We just need we just need the bed part. We just need the hammock part. We don't need a full new everything. Uh-huh. Like, oh uh-huh. we can just buy a full I'm like I mean I'll I'll pay for the new bed. I'll pay for the new bed. Like, oh yeah, well oh, okay, I guess I can find one. How about this hundred and twenty dollar one? I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, fuck me. I really don't want to pay for this. God, oh, God. And um, so, anywho, because I, I was embarrassed, but I was still cheap enough to be like, what about this option? It's very similar, and it's only $80. I mean, to be, to be fair, I, I don't think you single-handedly broke the hammock. Correct. Right? I- it had obviously been worn down over time. You were just happy to be the proverbial straw that broke that poor camel's back. But it, like, your resp- how much you owe to the breaking of the hammock is probably like 20%. I paid for half of it. I gave them $40. Okay. And I felt, like, I felt like that was fair. I feel like I own part of it now. I don't feel yeah. weird using it. And I wasn't the proverbial straw. I think I was like the proverbial like giant bundle of hay, judging by my BMI chart. But you know, uh, yeah, that dude. I broke so much stuff, bro. You 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 left, and then everything just went to shit, and everything's broken. Now thank now that you're well, I'm back now. Yeah, thank you, thank you for being being my rock, Austin. (laughs) Just me being around will prevent these terrible things from happening to you. Well, my Omega League went pretty well. Uh, dude, people think, uh, loved that event. So, yeah. good good job to them, but also good job to you. Yeah, I uh, I think that was an event that I can say that I am very proud of as as my personal performance and also uh, like what we created together as talent. I'm very proud of the product that was put together. And, and being a part of that product. It's, uh, that's not like very often you can say that um, about a product. Like I'm proud of like ESO1 Los Angeles. Um, not so much Birmingham. Um, maybe it's just because it felt like it was the same thing. But uh, I th- think Los Angeles, I felt like we, were, we put on a better show. Uh, Omega League... You know, I mean, we're there for a full month, but the the hand that the talent had in the creativity aspect um, of 
what was going on with this show, whether it's pure improv and just what's happening um, there on the panels and stuff, or if it comes down to things that were a little bit more planned, like the segments that, that um, we filmed or stuff that we came up with while we were there. Yeah, it was a, a lot of a lot of really good stuff. I was uh, I was very happy with the product. I wasn't happy for one specific period of time, but uh, overall, I think it was quite good. Well, is that because, um, like, were you and the other talent pitching ideas to Omega of like I want to do stuff, or did they make suggestions to you, or was it just kind of like a, hey, do whatever you want? How did that creative process work to where it seems like? y'all had a lot of freedom to kind of make the show you wanted to and, and evolve it during the event. Yeah. It helps that, uh, we play has a, it almost feels like we play has like a surplus of staff compared to other tournament organizers where they have, uh, they have a guy who's dedicated to being able to come up with ideas and create videos, which is what we play came to the table with. But then on top of that, it felt like they had people available for, filming stuff like the the rap video as far as i understood there was a a general idea um of like hey we'd like to uh, hey this would actually be kind of a cool idea but it was owen's execution of like actually creating the song performing it all within like 24 hours and then them taking that camera coup and bringing bsj like BSJ being in a banana suit, uh, like bringing Owen, what they filmed there. Like it, it feels like they just have the resources available to be able to, hey, we've got a good idea. Hey, this would be cool. And you're just able to go and, and film it. Um, part of that has to do with the length of time that we're there. Uh, but almost very few other tournament organizers do I feel like I have um, that talent in general have that kind of freedom. Uh, Slacks can speak to that more because uh, obviously that's more his domain in content creation and he, like how how much he's able to do things on the spot. But they, it's pretty rare that I feel like there's environments where we're able to just be creative and fun and do things and things like the the the, the omega kappa kappa segment for the na finals with rich you know that was come up with on the spot uh rich thought it, it would be a good idea we were kind of memeing it uh, a bit before the show and uh, he decided to stick around he talked to production they said all good and we just went with it we changed the setup a little bit but you know they okayed a creative idea and it ended up being i think a really big hit i think it was hilarious so yeah that feels smart for a couple reasons to me thinking about like uh i guess trying to put myself in the in the we play shoes because not only are they making you as talent happier and feel like you're more involved with the broadcast and like you know have own a piece of it but also, surely, you know, everyone walks away from this event and going like, you know, I liked working with WePlay maybe even more than I liked to before. Like, it makes them kind of mm -hmm. have, a, have a good rapport. And then also, the more that they can have y'all give creative ideas and input, the less that they need to be, like, strictly regimenting out some kind of uh, a production or creative because you can have that kind of symbiotic relationship, right? So yeah. it, it feels like all around this this is just benefiting everyone. The viewers are, yeah. are happy because of something unique. The talent's happy because they have some creative control. And and we play happy because the talent are happy with them and 
they, you know, get help making stuff. Yeah, I think another good example of that, you know the Yakuza song, the Yakuza meme song that's going around? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, the WWE, like, oh, whatever that is. Um, the, that, so they, uh, Tsunami and Slacks had this idea uh, of basically taking the uh, captains, initially started with the captains of the finals, and then they wanted to take all of the players in the finals and uh basically they had they made this video and had it on standby to be able to play if a pause happened during the grand finals i don't think that piece of content was ever used uh i i i watched i know they made at least puppy i watched tsunami and slacks put together the video of poppy puppy uh doing that song um and it, it was fucking hilarious to watch. Uh, but I don't think that was a piece of content that was ever actually used. But the fact that the talent felt free enough that we, they were just like, this is a funny meme. Let's put this together. And production is is open and ready enough to be able to take it and plug it in when needed. Um, or the fact that production plays with us when it comes to improv on panels and things like that. It feels like they're actually listening. They're actually contributing to the show and they're memeing alongside us. Uh, you know, like that, that feels good. Whereas most of the time it's, it feels like uh, production is there just simply to tell us, okay, go to break in five. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, <laughs> open the show here. Here's an overlay. Go to break. <laughs> All right. That's it. It felt like a symbiotic relationship, you know? Yeah, that's fun. Um, that, that's that's really cool. I still think about how is we play making money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They put, they put on they put on a good enough show that they actually beat out our U Hub when it came to uh, viewership. I'm pretty sure. Wow. For uh, for Omega League, so that's uh, that is another thing that like just another little thing that you can be proud of being a part of that show is that it's it's pretty hard to beat the cis scene when it comes to viewership in dota most of the time especially for tier two and 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 lower tier dota uh because there's just you know a bunch of english viewers are going to show up for og versus secret but cis viewership is routinely high for tier two stuff wonder because of all the betting <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I it's wonder... true. Betting helps viewership numbers so much, man. Why do you think CSGO has such great viewership? One, the game is easy to be able to pick up and watch, but also all that money you can drop on betting on teams. The most that I ever watched CS was when I was betting skin too much mm -hmm. by a large margin. Mm -hmm. I would watch games that I didn't even care about because I'd bet on Counter-Strike. I never really yeah. bet on Dota. I bet a little bit on Dota, probably around the TI5 time back when uh dota 2 lounge was, was a functional website mm -hmm. for people in in america yeah um, but I, yeah there there was still one period of time though that i was unhappy at omega league and this is this is going to be a somewhat longer story filled with lots of little things in there but uh there was about three weeks in i think something like that about three weeks in, I feel like I'd been doing really good work. 
at Omega League, I thought my performance, like I was a real little rusty on the panel and stuff, but I felt like the fact that I was for once working a tournament where I was mostly doing play-by-play and able to focus on that aspect of my job, I felt like I was actually really, I was getting really precise. You know, I, I could feel it. You know, every day I went in to casting and I was like, oh, that was a good cast. Damn, that was a good one. Like, okay, I'm feeling it. I'm getting into the groove, you know? And so I was I was pretty happy um, the second and third week. I, I felt like there was a lot of, like, fun moments that happened with me one way or another, um, which that I was happy. None of it really gains, like, any grounds on, like, Reddit or something like that. So I didn't really get that feedback loop, but I knew it was good. And so that was kind of enough satisfaction uh, for me. There was, like, this, this one moment where uh, BSJ... Um, BSA made some like really harsh prediction against a team and like halfway through the game, things were kind of looking bad for him. And I just randomly brought up um, the, like if he had eaten any like exotic food of any kind. And right as that happens, we go into a pause, right? And it's like a five minute pause. So I'm able to stretch this entire dialogue out about like eating exotic feuds. What have I eaten? What has he eaten? And as the pause is ending, I ask him, so Brian, have you ever, have you ever eaten any birds, any avian creatures? He's like, uh, you know, like turkey and stuff like that. And I was like, what about crow? He's like, no, no, I've never had crow. And I was like, well, you're about to, if this game keeps going this way, you know, I thought that was so fucking good. I was so proud of that moment. And it's not a moment that can show up on Reddit, right? It just can't because it's, it's, it's a fucking fight. It doesn't fit into a Twitch clip. Exactly. You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and, and it's also very English specific. Like you have to be from a, a like a Western country to understand that there is a phrase about eating crow as in eating your own words. Right. So it is very specific. I know it's not going to get a whole lot of play. It's also a me, rare idiom, too. So like, good job pulling yeah. that one out. But I, I you know, like I, I think that was clever and I, and I was very proud of it. You know, even if it wasn't going to get a whole lot of play. Thank you, Joey. But, uh, but it, like moments like that, you know, I didn't, I didn't get any feedback for it, uh, really, but I thought it was good. I thought I was putting on a good show and, um, and then like some things just all of a sudden, like just a couple things started happening, uh, that were, were not so hot. It all seemed to, to come together just one fucking day. Uh, so at some point in time, uh, in, Starting about 11 p.m., uh, I started hearing some of my neighbors getting into some sort of argument. And it got really bad. I heard a lot of thumping. I heard slamming of a door. I heard a lot of things that were concerning. And at some point in this time, took a I turn, thought, Cap. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I know, this, this is going to get a little dark. At some point in time, I thought I heard what could be domestic abuse. And I'd been listening to this on and off for about an hour at this point. And it's, it's obviously unlearned hearing is noises, so it's hard to tell, right? Neighbors getting into a fight, not my call to be able to intercept what's going on, right? Some point in time, that, that can cross a line, and I feel an obligation to step in, right? And at some point in time, I hear what I think is something that I need to step in. Problem is, I'm in Kiev. 
I don't speak the language. Problem is, I don't know exactly where it's from. And there are other things to consider. For example, I was talking to Elliot at that point in time, and she was she was telling me, absolutely do not go there, because she was telling me how uh, she told me Eastern European men get very defensive when you try and uh, get in the middle of their relationship. And she's like, that could really blow up. But I felt like I had a moral obligation to do something, to check in on people. And so I went um, at some So shortly after this, after I heard this, I was like, all right, I really got to do something. Uh, I go, I grab a knife from the kitchen table. I call Yanni's. I knock on his door because Fogged was right across the room from me, right across the, the aisleway. So he was across the aisle. And I thought when I leave out my door, the neighbor to the right was going to be where, where it was. So I tell him, uh hey just <laughs> i was like i was like are you in a dota game he's like yeah what's up <laughs> i was like okay i'll try and keep this under five minutes uh stand out here in the hallway and just watch i'm gonna go check on neighbors because he had also been hearing some things so i was like i'm gonna go check on that shit because it doesn't sound okay uh <clears throat> and i go and so i have a knife in the back pocket and i have fogged watching there so i feel relatively secure if anything is going to go down i will have witnesses and all these sorts of things and i go to the door and i knock on it and i keep knocking on it but i'm beginning to suspect that nobody actually lives in the room that i'm knocking on <laughs> and i'm just like well shit either they're not answering me or I somehow got this wrong. Cause from my perspective, laying up against my bed, it sounded like it was right against the wall. Okay. I could hear, I felt like that's what I was hearing the noises from. Uh, I go back to my room. I text the, the talent manager. I say like, Hey, this is what I heard. This is where I think it's coming from. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what to do, what the process is. I don't know if Ukraine has, um, what is it like checkup? Like the you can call the the police and they will go and check up on somebody, right? It's, yeah. I don't I don't remember what it's wellness check wellness or something check. like that. Yeah, uh, I was like I don't know if you guys have something like that, but it would be good. Um, but it was so late, you know, she couldn't get a hold of the landlord. And then I started. I heard it some more, uh, but what I realized was it was above me, not next to me, and the sound was probably coming down like the in between the walls basically. And that's how I was hearing it, but it was actually above me. But, uh, the, by the time that I had heard it again, like I started at 11 PM, I, I, w I felt like I got up and did something at like 12, 1230. I went back 1 AM and then I started hearing something at 1:15. but all of it had calmed down, uh, quite a bit. And like I could hear her speaking and I could hear him like crying basically um, and like being very apologetic. And so at that point, I'm like, OK, well, it's no longer like I now I know where it's coming from, but it's no longer something for me to like step in, you know. And so I, I all, all I felt I could do was just tell the talent manager like, hey, um, like, you know, if, if somebody could do some sort of checkup. And I said, I would love to, you know, I would love to leave my name at it. And she, at some point in time, she told me uh, she couldn't without like, so I was like, all right, that's fine. Like, 
I don't, I don't care. The cops can come talk to me. I, I don't care. But like, the, like, as long as somebody goes up there and checks on her at some point in time. Uh, yeah. So I didn't get to sleep until like 2, 2.30. Cause obviously it was hard to sleep with that kind of adrenaline going on. Cause you know, I thought I was confronting somebody. And then on top of that, I was also afraid that like, there's that doubt, you know, of like, what if I just like fall asleep and I miss something and like I could have helped somebody, but you know, and so I didn't get to sleep at like two, two thirty or something like that, uh, which was way past my normal sleeping time. So that's how that day started. Fucking pretty, pretty shit. I wake up the next morning. I think I had to go in early. So I had to wake up. Um, you know, I got maybe six hours of sleep or something like that. I try and sleep really well for these events, but that was not a night I could. And I wake up and it's like the first day and I'm just like, fuck, I don't want to go into work today. Every other day that I work, man, like up until that point, somebody could have said, hey, let me work for you. Uh, you can have the day off. And I would have said, no, no, it's all good. I, I want to work. That was the first day that I go in. I'm just not feeling it. I go in with Slacks. We take a cab together. And he's feeling the same way. It's just that point. It's it's three. It's the third weekend. You know, you're 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 like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. I'm ready to go home. Hump day, kind of. Like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That actually works really well because it's the third week and Wednesday is the third day in the week. You know, it's like, it's it's that perfect time of like, you're not quite there to being done. You know, you're just kind of right there in the middle. There's still a lot of work to go. And you're just like, fuck, I'm, I'm tired. And we talk about that, you know, and and uh, it's like, yeah, we're, we're both of us are, are kind of done. But hey, let's you know, we're going to go in and cast together. So that'll be fun. Uh, and yeah, and then I, I go in and um, we're supposed to cast like the first series of the day. We're casting Divine Division. And uh, it's Slacks and I casting together. And pretty much they've been putting Slacks in charge of Divine Division, which is like the tier two, tier three games. Uh, because in a way, it's an experiment of, of basically saying, let's put the entertainment um, on a higher pedestal. Let's make the entertainment of the show a higher priority for these games because the audience is not interested in the games themselves. Just the way it is. You can like it or not, but that is the reality of the situation. I mean, I wasn't watching those games. So, I mean, yeah. this charge, I guess. <laughs> not uh, Surprisingly, there was actually a lot of people watching those games. I think we got, uh, for the Slacks and I cast, it was like 15,000, 17,000 people watching Con versus Cyber Legacy or something like that. Like One, one of the teams is definitely a tier, a tier three team or something like that like very low and um and yeah uh we do this cast together me and slacks slacks gets this idea of like okay how are we gonna have fun with this uh slacks gets the idea of doing an and a bias cast let's go full bias let's be very adversarial so you're gonna back this team i'm gonna back this team we approach the the cast from that way and, you know, it was just a, it was a, a bit that we came up with that uh, for the entertainment of the show. And I think it actually went really, really well. I think the, the cast was really funny. It was a one game bit, so we weren't going to do it for the full series. Um, but for just that initial game, we do that. Uh, at some point in time, it probably goes over the line. 
probably from me. I very likely went over the line because that is my nature. I, I am not <laughs> as good. I am not as good or subtle as an entertainer as as other experienced people. And given my background of various things, whether it's my father, whether it's Marine Corps, like my 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 humor tends to be a little bit more rough, you know? Yes, I am. Uh, because because I take that, you know, and I expect certain people to be able to, you know, if I'm people dish it out on me, I expect them to be able to take it too. Cause there's no ill will behind it. But at some point in time, it goes a little too far. I say something like, uh, like there was um, a player, Pikachu, who is the twin brother of Iceberg. And I, I call him like the shittier brother of the two or something like that. So like, you know, because we're back at our teams, you know, and, and uh, I'm taunt- taunting the enemy side. And, uh, and, and uh, the, a, somebody... I, I'm not actually going to interact with this person anyway, but somebody takes offense to that uh, and puts a, a tweet out about it and it goes up on Reddit and uh, it goes onto the top of Reddit talking about Omega League and the horrendous casting going on. The The person who posted that title, by the way, is, is somebody who is extremely uh, biased towards uh, the, the some of the talent there. Uh, but it, it, but nevertheless, it gets highly upvoted uh, by a bunch of people and some to the top of Reddit, and and yeah, so I, I put together a series of casting with slacks, which had previously all the casting with slacks had gotten uh, Reddit threads that were very very uh, flattering, and when I cast with slacks, we get a Reddit thread that is well, this is utter garbage, and the thing is, I walked away from that cast going that was one of the most entertaining series that i've ever no oh no i and i will hold to that till the day that i die i know because i i also got the feedback because while while people you know like where there was that upvoted thing on reddit you know and you could go through the comments and stuff and like there's plenty of counter circle jerk that's going on as all things are threaded too, right? It becomes a hive mind. It goes one direction. Then people are naturally like, I'm independent. Here's my counter circle jerk in opinion. And it becomes a little hive mind of its own and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I walk away from that series and I'm flooded with a bunch of people on social media telling me that was one of the fucking best casts they've ever listened to. I've never laughed so hard listening to a Dota cast, like all these sorts of things. And I also am really good at being able to self-read on these situations. I know it was a fucking entertaining cast. I know Slacks and I put on a goddamn good show. Uh, and I, w- I walk away pretty happy with that. But at some point in time later that night, I'm reading the Reddit thread, you know, of, of us getting shit on and stuff like that. And, you know, it just it just kind of sucked because it was like, damn, like I, I felt like I was put on a really good show and I hadn't really gotten any feedback for that. Um, but I know I was putting on a good show and I know that series of casting was a very good show. The bit probably went a step too far. I have no problem admitting that, but it was a bit. And that is something that is taken out of context is that, uh, you know. That, that is where most of the judgment comes in is the fact that it was a bit, it was intended to be entertaining. There was no, like, this was not the norm. And it was also a one game bit. The rest of the series, game two and three, were fucking hilarious as well. And, you know, like, I'm still very happy thinking about it. P- 
because I know that it's one of the things that I suffer as a commentator is the entertainment aspect. I am not the funniest person in the room. But, you know, like Slacks makes other people funnier. That's just the kind of person he enables. He is hilarious into himself, but he also enables other people. And in that series, he really enabled me to be fucking funny, you know? And so I'm still really proud of that. But it did kind of suck getting shit on for work that you were very proud of. <laughs> and the, the shitty thing about that is, you know, a lot of people are only going to walk away from that experience only seeing the Reddit thread and not the cat. Yeah. So there's like a bunch yeah. of people who just know that headline or like mm -hmm. what the top comment was and not yeah. everything you just said. Uh, which is is hard to deal with because you can't like go and win those people over, and those people will never go and see those guys. I'm at, like, I should go back. I'm curious to go back and watch that series now. Uh, I, oh, I yeah. watched I watched some of the stuff you did um, with Jenkins, and there was a moment when I when I was watching one of the Jenkins games. It's like, man, sometimes I forget the cap, and I just like you know we, we do a silly show, we 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 bullshit, but like, fuck, he's really good at his job. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciated that tweet. <laughs> that when was, you told me that i did really appreciate that that that, that wasn't actually a joke I, I that was like a real thought i had i'm like man you know i know that you're like pretty fucking good at your job but also in that moment i'm like shit these games these games with jenkins in particular were just like very entertaining in a way that i don't think mm -hmm. a lot of dota has and i didn't listen to any of the stuff with slacks um i know that even when y'all did the show just you three and and they were referencing games that uh people were salty at them about about slacks and jenkins about not taking dota seriously enough i'm like oh that's funny i'll probably watch that but i didn't um and, mm -hmm. and i'm i i would love more more data on you know who who is that for and is that actually viable because i think that's a product that i would enjoy more i don't need all like mm -hmm. you know i want some of my ti games to be like S tier casting, very serious. Like this is the epitome of everything, right? But not every game of Dota has to be like that. And, and I don't know if my opinion is like the, the the majority or the minority, or if it's switching now because more people are watching Omega League. I don't know if it's a regional thing. I don't know if it's a personality thing. There's probably so many different variables that come into like what you do and don't like in that casting, but. If anything, I think that you and Slacks and Jenkins and BSJ and Kyle and some of the stuff that Rich and Tsunami were doing, like, surely shows that there is more value to entertainment. And I think that we've always known that, right? Because look at look at how many people still talk about like the uh, the the EUTI hubs with the Good Studio mm -hmm. or DreamHack. Yeah. You know, people have nobody remembers the games from that. Nobody remembers who actually qualified. Uh, from that EU hub experience, right? But what they do remember is the entertainment they had and the love for the show that they had. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember, I'm going to remember sitting through that fucking uh, Liquid series and being like, is there going to be a third game crash? Are they going <laughs> to go for a fourth <laughs> remake? Like, that's that shit that, you know, isn't always yeah. memorable for the best reasons, but is interesting. And watching you guys just fuck around and be like, well, we're here. We have to fill dead airtime. There's nothing on the schedule for us to toss to. Like, yeah. that's interesting to me. And I don't know if that's 
you know, maybe I'm so into Dota that I find that interesting. Maybe it's because I'm friends with some of you that I think it's interesting for for that reason. Maybe I just like comedy more than other stuff. But like, I mean, I think that like cool. I think it's very simple. Which which one do people remember more? Tsunami sandwich that he really wanted to to eat, or or what placing did Liquid get at the end of that tournament? I unfortunately have to know about both. I know you have to know about that, but I think I think for most people they're gonna be like liquid i don't know fifth sixth seventh i'm and we're in playoffs right yeah something like that but like the the moment that was created with that and the entertainment that was put on i think goes to show that the entertainment is been something that has been woefully lacking in dota broadcasts on and off for like a really long time and I I take huge umbrage. I take huge umbrage with anybody who tries to say if you do not treat the tier two like casting, like if you don't treat those teams, those tier two, tier three teams, if you don't treat them with the respect that they deserve and give a serious broadcast, then how is the viewer ever going to possibly want to watch them? Because if, clearly, if you don't have respect for them by by not hyping them up to TI levels, then then clearly the, the the viewer won't have that respect, and they'll be turned off, and they won't want to listen. I have huge umbrage with that. First of all, because I think it's an asinine statement to begin with. But where do people think Dota like Dota casting has been for the last two ten years, for the last fifteen years? I I like I know where I was. Six years ago, I know when I was casting on Christmas Day at Joint Dota Studios, casting a Chinese Tier 2, Tier 3 tournament, the Feng Wen tournament. I know where I was casting that tournament. I know what I was doing. I was not putting on an entertaining show. What I was doing is giving serious casting. You know how many people I got for that show? Less than a thousand. Merry Christmas. I know that I casted some MSI beat it's for under 10 viewers. That was a real thing that happened, okay? I know that when I listen to Tier 2, Tier 3 casters right now, I know they're all taking the same approach. When I listen to T-Panda, when I listen to B-Cop, when I listen to these guys, I know that they're all putting in the same, uh, the same level of effort and gravitas and seriousness into their broadcast for these teams. So I consider it an insult to all of the work that I have done and all the work that other casters have done to say, if you don't treat them seriously, then we won't have any viewership. Therefore, implying that the tier two and tier three scene suffers because the casting hasn't been treating them well enough. Because we all agree that there's a tier two and tier three viewership problem, right? People just aren't interested in it. We have been putting on that product for a long time. And it has had the same problem for the last 10 years to think that the moment we start to have some fun with the tier two, tier three teams, that that is possibly what's going to prevent the tier two and tier three scene from growing in viewership. Especially since the numbers are clearly contrasting that, that there are people watching the cast and watching the games that they wouldn't do otherwise. Like, I, I think that is so incredibly stupid. And, and uh, it boggles my mind that people can possibly go to that level. But then again, I've had the experience of casting all that Dota and seeing the numbers and like knowing that 
I did. I was not trying to be funny for most of my cast. I was trying to do serious broadcasting, and people are just not interested in that for tier two, tier three teams, and that that is just the reality of it. Believe me, I'm I'm not a slacks. So I if I could just get away with serious broadcast and shoot up to forty thousand for watching Khan versus Namiga or something, you know, like <laughs> that'd be great. But that, the reality is clearly not that. I wonder if you extrapolate that to more more traditional sports, and if more people would watch like minor league. If it was a bit more clowny. Oh, I'll tell you right now. One of the the one of the things that um, I I immediately think of when this whole subject comes to mind is uh, there was this bit. I can't remember if it was it was Barkley or Shaq from inside the NBA. They're advertising this game. Five ninety nine to watch Bucks <laughs> versus the Nuggets or whatever. Do you know this? Do you know this bit, right? And and one of them, I can't remember for life of me which one of them is. I'm pretty sure it's Barkley, actually, because I hear, "Come on, man! Like, come on, man! You charge five ninety nine for that? Come on, man! There should be there should be ninety nine cents right there!" Like he is literally clowning on the teams and the broadcast and the amount of money they're selling that broadcast for, which goes against like every idea that people have of professionalism in broadcasting. It goes against every idea that people seem to think of in their heads what it means to be professional as a broadcaster. Uh, and he is straight up clowning on those teams. But by God, I remember that moment. And I, I imagine that ticket sales were probably better for that game because of that moment than they would have been otherwise. And, and, and like people just got to recognize that like the entertainment and the sport is married together. You know, and you cannot have one when it comes to broadcasting, you cannot have one without the other. Like you cannot have a purely entertaining show and not give any respect to the games. And you cannot give only respect to the games and no entertainment. Nobody will want to watch that. I think that there's also and this is probably more of a hypothesis. I think there's a, a generational divide here, too, where I, I think people who are a little bit younger, a little bit in our cohort and have more entertainment, uh, Internet media as as a background as opposed to just traditional hard um nbc abc this is real serious stuff um i i think that they want something different with their product where someone mm -hmm. who 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 is a bit you know older and has only grown up with like well this is very serious this is the way that it is versus someone who's a bit younger and is like wait why can't we have fun with this we know that it works because of instagram or tiktok or youtube or there's just a whole different kind of conversation with the way people are wanting to their media and their entertainment and and even their sporting activity. So mm -hmm. um, I, I'm sure that that if you like really wanted to get in the weeds to it, you could you can make some parallels between uh, age, age demographics of both audience and professionals and people who are doing the broadcast and what kind of a show they're trying to put on. Because I think that we're at a point where you need to not take yourself as seriously anymore. And like, there's a lot of research done on how millennials and especially Gen Z like value more than almost anything else. Um, um, like, like the genuine factor. And I think sometimes when you are someone who is trying to be 
a super serious tier two Dota caster, and you're casting, you know, this this tier three NA team versus like a collegiate team, because um, like wasn't Rutgers playing <laughs> in Omega League or something like that? Um, <laughs> like, great for them, by the way. Uh, but mm-hmm. like you, the the audience knows when when you're not being completely genuine anymore i think that's something that yeah. that we've trained in ourselves uh in in you know the last 10 or 15 years and people are really turned off by that by that lack of by that lack of genuineness so uh, and, I, and even if it is genuine because i like again i had gen as somebody who tried to play professionally and failed and wasn't good enough and recognized their own limitations in that regard i have immense amount of respect for any of the pro players that are able to make it past my level i have immense respect for that that respect was all genuine all the times that i cast it it was authentic people still didn't weren't drawn in by it people still didn't care when i casted you know when i was casting na dota over and over and over again because that's just how the breakdown was with Joy Dota. I was the American, therefore I was casting the NA games late at night. Like I, I know, like I'm putting on a serious product, and I'm right there competing up against Grant, who is putting on who who like does have a closer connection to the players. But I did play in NA, and I did try and make it as a player there, and I do have a lot of information about the players. But he's also putting a fucking entertainment show on. And and I know the number differences between the two, even though we were the official broadcast and Grant was was um, just the the other guy, you know. And uh, and there's a reason why he was able to hold so many people, and I wasn't, you know. And uh, I don't know. There's also a cult- culture clash there. Like I think age is is a part for sure. I think there's also a culture clash. I think, for example, the slacks and I cast that we do, if that's entirely Western culture. Then I think it. They're, like from my experience, Southeast Asia is uh, is a significant part of the population that holds like respect uh, at a higher degree. Um, like that that has been my experience um, anyway. Um, whereas like certain Western worlds more is used to like the banter aspect, right? It, it, like it, whenever it comes down to blitz and I's relationship uh, and the casting and like us making fun of each other, like the the people who are typically like messaging me, yo, blitz is such a jerk. You know, I can't believe he does this to you. Like typically, you know, uh, from my experience it comes from Southeast Asia. So that's like a, just a culture difference. Right. It's, yeah. You know, and, and, I, and I could see if you if you look at that interaction in a different light, then you're like why is his friend being a dick to him you know so it, it's hard because it, like that that is the that is the problem with english casting is that you are the international language um and you do as a commentator need to try it like it is part of your job to try and appeal across the board across the spectrum right you uh yeah that 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 is this globalization is so interesting because it makes it harder to pinpoint Either either problem sources because what might be good mm-hmm. for America is bad for CIS or bad for SEA or it's good for Europe but not all of Europe so you know you, there isn't just you know a one size fits all band aid for this situation which is <laughs> that's part of the problem right we can't just pivot yeah. and try different things I love that Omega League was trying different things I love that they gave you creative yeah. freedom I think that 
it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes out of Omega League in terms of for the DPC and how and how people might look to this tournament to to make small pivots in terms of broadcast. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest one. I think I think uh, Jenkins comes out of Omega League super strong. Like, oh yeah. If, if there was if there was a an esports Dota caster professional stock market, like that motherfucker is on some Tesla shit right now. He he's he he's really hitting that upswing. So I'm super happy for him. Um, oh, like hopefully he might even be able to like you know fill some of that void that uh that, that Grant left behind. That that might be like mm-hmm. a market that he can really like you know get himself into, firmly establish himself. So um, yeah, absolutely. It's also interesting because he's more of a he's primarily a YouTuber as well. Huh? Uh, and so like he's got that really interesting cross of teacher YouTube and just a really quirky guy who is very passionate about Dota. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I I knew he was going to be good. That's why, like, I casted with them at that charity league. And he was actually, like, one of the people I was like, I could see me casting with him, like, a, in a more permanent affair. Just because, like, I, I know he would be really good. And he showed it at Omega League. Even though he was nervous sometimes and stuff, like, he he really proved it. So I also had that. How much, how much more time do you have, by the way? Oh, I mean, I got, I got time, but I, I can, I can kill this. Okay. Well, I got, I, I got one more rant to go on, off of this what, entire thing. What we're at, we're at an hour. So okay. Do, do you want to keep it under ten minutes? Do, do you want to keep it short, or do you want to tease, and then we can come back? No, to this? no, I, I need to get into this rant now because otherwise it stores up in my head for, for even longer than it's already been there. Dude, let okay. it out, Ben. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna okay. take, I'm gonna take a sip of my monster. I'll, I'll sit back. Okay. I'm 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 very very tired of um some of this internet culture that it comes down to. I have no problem with the the criticism that was levied my way for the casting. I think that it's totally fair. Um, I I actually took zero offense to that whatsoever because I was like because what I looked at it from from uh the Reddit perspective and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, we we experimented and. Like in order to do good entertainment, and good humor, I think you have to push the line a little bit, and sometimes you step over the line. And Agree. That's totally natural. Um, and so, I probably went over the line. All, all good, no harm, no foul. Like I, t- I totally understand that, and um, I still think I put on like a hell of a broadcast, and I'm not going to really let that take it away from me too much. Uh, what I, I really did not like. Uh, what really, really bothered me was the fact that there there seems to be this culture of um, I, I, maybe I'm, I'm maybe it's just something about it. Like maybe I'm just grew up a little bit differently. But in my experience, anyway, I feel like if I if I know you, right? That this is a big difference, right? If you don't know me and you're like. You feel like you have some criticism to levy my way or something like that. We're not really friends or anything like that. We don't know each other as people. I'm just a character on the screen. Totally understand why you would need to, like, as publicly as possible, levy your outrage, right? But I feel like if we know each other in some way, I feel like if I've met you, I've extended my hand in friendship, we've shaken hands, I feel like if we've talked man to man, why don't any of these things ever 
in my experience, I've never once had anybody who had a problem with the job that I did ever come to me in private about it. Even though I've met these people, even though I know these people, even though I've been friendly to them, I, I cannot for the life of me understand. And I, I totally, I, I actually, I, I don't, don't misunderstand. I actually do understand a little bit. I totally understand when like an esports player that I've met you know, who's 20, 21, 22, like hasn't fully matured, is under a lot of pressure, you know, and they obsess about what the community thinks about them. Like, I understand those trappings that you get into and listening to a broadcast and being like, oh, he said this mean thing about me or about one of my teammates or something like that and feeling the need to lash out, right? I, I, I get that. I don't think it's the... Like, I, I don't really respect you going out that, but I understand the immaturity that happens and why you feel the need to be able to lash out. Even though we know each other, even though we've been friendly, right? But it, it's something it's something else like, man, it, it's just disappointing when I see people do these sorts of things because I, am, I, am I just crazy here? But I, I feel like anytime that I've had a, a, a problem with somebody and I know them, I'm like acquaintances with them, I approach them in private first. And people may use this as ammo for some recent Me Too stuff. Well, I'm true to my word. Things were initially private. So I, I don't know, man. I, it, just, it just bothers me that like so, somebody who I would consider mature, somebody who I've had friendly conversations with that I've shared you know a, a table with and and tried to be as friendly as possible would go out of their way to levy such public criticism and you know what like it does it it, it bothered me initially but i i think i've changed as a person um from the last six months uh because now i just cut those people out for better or worse now like i i just like burn those kind of bridges a lot faster nowadays and that's why i didn't say his name earlier because like i want nothing to do with him at this point because i feel like it's something incredibly immature and like bad faith to attack somebody when you could have just had a private conversation because i know exactly what that private conversation was like i had that private conversation with crit when he called me and gods out when he felt like our casting was going over the line and i explained to him like here's my job as a broadcaster here's what i'm trying to do and i fully admit like that, that like made that cast probably went over the line. And I fully admit that in this situation, the cast probably went over the line. And, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't mean to cause that sort of offense. I have immense amount of respect for the players that I'm casting. But for life of me, nobody ever seems to want to take that person to person. I say man to man because it's just a colloquial phrase, but like person to person, respecting the other person enough to be able to talk to them about these sort of problems before feeling the need to i don't know man it just bothers me so much do you think part of that so. of, of why it, it could bother you is because like you have an expectation of friendship that's being broken um a bit i mean not even so much like friendship it's like i like if i know you then i, I feel like it's the polite acceptable i don't know just the, the thing to do when it, when it comes to like, if you have a problem with somebody talking about them first, because then you get their perspective on what's going on. Maybe you misunderstand what's happening there, or maybe they're just, they, maybe they didn't realize what they were doing wrong, you know? 
and it gives them a chance to be able to one way or another have have their say about things uh, like uh you know this it's just an internet thing in general but like man like now nowadays like uh kyle said something to me at the after party too he said he said something he was like uh he's like what's with the new cap he's like he said something really stupid but uh, other than that he was like what, what's with the new cap he's like he's like i like it you just don't give a fuck i'm like well yeah like i got like the whole me too stuff like i got a lot of people who faced up with me with who who i do not uh agree with their values very clearly and uh and i don't consider their opinion about me worth anything so i learned real quickly just to be able to like cut out like a lot of whether it's the community's per, like opinion of me or when it comes to personal relationships as well like uh, i didn't like i used to bend over backwards to try and like get people's perspective but i for better or for worse, like now I'm doing something that is a lot cleaner, which is like, okay, now that I see what the kind of person you are, I'm cutting you out. <laughs> I'd, so. be, I'd be interested to see long-term uh, if you, like I'm talking like long-term, like, you know, five, 10 more years from now, if you soften yeah. back on that and like find some middle ground. Uh, cause cause yeah. it does, it does sound like, you know, uh, I don't know what the fuck Kyle said, but like, like an extreme pendulum swing. And I, mm -hmm. I think that where you're at now is probably more healthy than where you're at before, even though I didn't know you know nearly as well two years ago or even before that. But I definitely identify with, with the person, of, of like, like a prior cap, who's like, oh, let me just, you know, bend over backwards to try and figure out or try and, you know, make nice or try and solve this issue. And I think that even mm -hmm. for, for myself and, you know, talking to you about it privately over the last six months, it's... it's um. It, why keep those people around if they're not providing value to you? And it feels so yeah. weird to like have it be cut and dry like that, right? Like, like, like a, a human life shouldn't just be like a, like a positive or negative net value. But and there's so much fucking shit that's going on right now, especially in, in 2020, that like why put yourself through the mental stress of dealing with any extra toxicity in your life that you don't have to deal with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh no, I I do agree. I think you know I say for better or for worse, uh, but like I do think mostly it is actually for better because yeah. I think it's a, a lot uh, healthier just to be able to to cut people out that are a negative impact on you. Let's say like, I think a lot of people, you, you know, like God, I I you know I stayed friends with Toby for for a long time, and I had to cover like I had to put up with a lot of shit that like. Not, nothing like serious like we were talking about, but, but like I'll tell you a story where uh, there was a time where we were at an MLG event and Toby um, Toby said something like um, the production. He, he was a production guy, right? So he didn't know esports. And so he was talking to us about it. He was interested in what was going on. You know, he took interest in it and wanted to learn more. And cool. he was asking about the players and stuff like that. And Toby said something that was so dickish, which was that um we're talking about he asked like so what kind of like what kind of money do these guys make and toby said oh uh those guys make more money than you'll ever make what the fuck <laughs> i know <laughs> i'm standing even... right there i'm having this conversation with him and i immediately take that and i go yeah yeah they'll they'll make more money than any of us make because you know 
they have the chance to make millions, right? Like I, I smooth that over, but like I'm put into that position. I was put into that position so many times, you know, but I just attributed it to, to like, okay, it's an awkward person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I tried to, to, you know, again, bend over backwards. And it's like, I, <laughs> I just didn't need to do that. That's what I know now. So that's, that's old man cap speaking is that, uh, yeah, if you, if you, uh, if you can, you know, if you can, if you see those things only give so much allowance. I think a lot of people hang on to toxic relationships for a lot of reasons. And like, oh, yeah. And a, and a lot of people, like, it's really, it's really tragic because, you know, I'll, I'll, at least from my experience with, with, with therapy and, and, you know, talking to people are, are, are in that field, uh, a lot of people feel like, you know, if they let people go, then that's just like a person and they have, like, if, if you only have five people in your life and two of them are shitty, if you let those two go, then you only have three people in your life. And sometimes that feels worse than having mm. the shitty people. So, you know, a, lo- yeah. a lot of people struggle and it comes down to like a self-confidence thing of like, well, you know, who am I to be the person to, to let go of things? Or, uh, but, yeah. but oftentimes it's, it's the healthier tract to, to realize what is not good in your life and try and move on for it. But it's really hard. I mean, you can you can put that into so many other contexts. Like, why do so many people stay in bad relationships? Why do so many people mm-hmm. feel the need when they're fully grown adults to bend over for their really shitty parents? Like, you know, mm-hmm. family, friends, coworkers. Like, uh, human relationships are are incredibly and chronically complicated, right? So, I, I think being able to, I think that we're at a point uh, where more people are, you know being vocal <laughs> on social media which which can can help because there's more normalization to like hey maybe i don't have to hold on to toxic people in my life which is mm-hmm. net good but that's not always net good for everyone because it could be really depressing to get rid of someone who could ultimately be better for you to end a friendship but then you're like oh well fuck that person isn't around anymore and then they're sad even though they maybe shouldn't be but their sadness is still valid i don't know man it's ah, fuck it, it's so I I I wish that I can strive to find that middle ground. I think that I've gotten rid of a lot of people in my life who I know weren't super helpful. Uh mm-hmm. but but I know that like I can think about like one or two people off the top of my head right now that I'm like, you know, why why do I still talk to them? And it, it it's hard. It's really really hard to manage those human relationships. And we're not going to solve it on a podcast by by prophesizing about it but uh, i'm definitely i'm definitely interested in i mean know, hopefully some, some of our viewers take take uh some of this to to heart and think about their own situations you know because yeah. i i imagine i'm older than most of our audience yeah so. de- definitely older than me dude fucking the dirt <laughs> get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's uh it's it, it's what I, I definitely am, am interested uh, in, you know, how the story continues on for you, and maybe even you know taking some some of what you're going through and like applying it to my own life. Um, mm. So so you know it, it, it it's interesting and it's it's uh, I want to say fun, but fun is not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's learning and growing. It's, it's uh, not a bad thing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's even like an easier way to put that. Like, uh, if you play Dota with someone for a reason that's just toxic or they're shitty, like maybe you don't have to queue up with them anymore. 
Yeah. No. Think about it. All comes back to Dota eventually. <laughs> we made it somehow. Somehow we figured we we, we weaved the path backward. Man, that was that was why the, like I the 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 ups and downs that we that we just went through in the last hour between personal relationships and fucking knives and back pockets and maybe domestic abuse, but also. <laughs> Kiev and Jenkins and Grant and Toby and and my fucking bathroom and hammock situation. Like, I this has been this has been absolutely manic. So thank you for hanging out with us this this whole time and getting through what is hopefully interesting. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. You can see that Cap is back back at home. You can see that I just realized that over all of our YouTube broadcasts this year, I basically have a, a weekly log marker for how long my hair has gotten. Yes. And it'll be fun to be able to go back and take screenshots week by week and compare them to each other. Um, I'm at the point where I fucking hate it officially. Um, if you don't know my hair situation, it's not important. But you can listen to us. You can listen to us on Spotify. And if you're here at the end of this show, after all of this shit, and you are not following us on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, on whatever you listen to podcasts to, I'm just genuinely curious as to why you're not. Like, I, I, I'm genuine. I like. I just want to know why. Is it like you don't want to clog your feed up? Do you subscribe to too much stuff? Tell me. Let me know. I, I really want to know. I assume anyone listening to these words right now is following. And if you're not, you should. And if you haven't left a review on Apple that's five stars, it helps us. And we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we only do it once a week. It won't clog up your feed too much, I promise. You could just scroll on past it, you know? You see it once a week, you just be like, nah, not today. Maybe next week, though, you know? We're also super, con- like, basically every Tuesday at 3 a.m. Pacific time, it, it's incredibly consistent. I, this show is more uh, consistent than some NPR podcasts. Like, wow, we're, we we got that schedule on lock, everybody. So show up Tuesday morning Pacific California time, the only time zone that matters, and uh, and we'll we'll be back uh, we'll be back next week to to talk about some, maybe some more silly things because I'm sure there's stuff that still happened to Cap in Kiev that I have no idea about that I'm very curious about. Hopefully yeah, not. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I think you make. I think you make my life uh, out to be more exciting than it actually is. The truth is, I just I worked out and I did yoga every single day, and I lost like eight pounds or something. Congratulations! That's actually really cool. Thank you, but nothing, nothing really silly, because I was just working. That's all I was doing. I'll have him make something up. I'll see you next week, everybody. Okay.